Hello! How's it going, everybody? It is sporadic. This is sporadic, episode 11. It has been a shockingly long time since I have recorded an episode for you guys. Uh, it is November 16th, 2022, and boy, oh boy, oh boy, have things been just, like, going off, man. Like, I've just been crazy busy with this and that, and... You know, I thought that the last episode I dropped was, like, back in June or, I don't know, April. But it was February, man. And uh, I don't think that I should be able to, I should be allowed to call this a show sporadic if I'm not going to drop more than, like, three episodes a year. That seems like it should be called, like, infrequent or something or extremely uh, occasionally. So I'm going to try to be better about this. You know, I have a big, a big giant project just got taken off of my plate. Something that was keeping me pretty busy every week. Uh, fans of me, fans of the show probably know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, and we'll get into that, you know. But first, I just want to catch everybody up on what has been going on. Like my last episode, I did like a deep dive into all of my various body ailments and the basically the history of all the things that have been wrong with my body uh for my entire life and why i am just like why, why the big joke like amongst my friends is that i'm like perpetually sick extremely frail and enfeebled and uh i'm actually really proud with getting that information out there and basically sort of like going through the history of like what it felt like and everything but i even forgot one and if you can believe it, I did like 30 minutes on just all the things that are wrong with my body. And I forgot one. I forgot that. <laughs> I forgot that I uh, sometimes had ball pain. <laughs> it's the thing that started when I was like 21, 22 years old. I had just moved to New York. I had very embarrassingly decided to audition for Rent. Uh, and... As soon as I got back from my audition, I noticed like a pain in my balls and like a good 22 year old man, I was like, you know, I think I'll feel better if I just jerk off. Uh, and that did not work. So then I had like a very unfortunate adventure trying to see a doctor about my ball pain because I had just moved to New York and I did not have a job or health insurance or anything. And so I ended up going to see a doctor who charged me a lot of money who then referred me to a urologist who charged me a lot of money, who then sent me to the emergency room, which charged me a lot of money. And it was just like this whole confluence of what, what I used to consider the worst day I'd ever had in my entire life. And it might still be like, I don't remember. I, I, I don't really, I don't have a metric for that anymore. That's the sort of thing that you do when you're young, where you can kind of like look back and be like, you know, of all the days that I've lived, this is definitely the worst uh, but you know, when you're 43 years old, you're like, I don't know, man, there's been a lot, there's been a lot going on. Uh, so yeah, I, I spent the day like, just like bouncing around New York, waiting for my doctor's appointment. I tried to like write in my journal at this cafe and then I got kicked out cause I hadn't bought anything. Uh, and then I went to a Starbucks and was trying to read the Lord of the Rings, the complete Lord of the Rings, giant Lord of the Rings book that my friend John had lent me. And I saw this really cute girl in the Starbucks and I thought she was making eyes at me. So when she got up to leave, I asked her to dinner, which was a real rookie move. You don't do that <laughs> right away. That's like very bold of me. Like I give myself that, but also like, ugh, I was doomed to failure from the start. 
she told me no. I was so embarrassed I didn't go back to that Starbucks for like months afterwards because I was sure that everybody was talking about how much I just fucking embarrassed myself. And then I go to the doctor. He feels my balls and he's like, all right, well, yeah. I don't feel anything weird, but you should go to a urologist if you're really worried about this. Then I go to the urologist. He fills my balls for a little bit. He's like, I want to get a second opinion. He gives somebody else fills my balls for a little bit. And then he goes, you know, I think you're fine, but if you're really worried, I can send you to the emergency room for an ultrasound. And I didn't know that that might not be a good idea. You know, I was just like, check me out, man. Like, I don't want anything to go wrong. I'm already having weird fantasies about becoming that dude from Fight Club with the man boobs because I lose my balls because of testicular cancer. So he sends me to the emergency room. They are, you know, crazy busy. It's an emergency room, and people are running around with their fucking, you know, broken noses and gunshot wounds and shit like that. And then all these doctors are coming up to me being like, your balls hurt? Is that what's going on? Your balls hurt? They hurt really bad? And I was like, it just hurts a little, you know? Like, can I just get an ultrasound? I'm just here for an ultrasound, please. And then they put a fucking IV in my arm. That's like they have to do that at every emergency room because uh, what if you crash and they need to get some fucking drugs in you? So they put a fucking thing in my arm. They put me in a room. Like four or five different doctors came in and felt my balls. There was no communication going on. It's like, hey, have you felt this kid's balls yet? And they're like, no, yeah, yeah, I felt them already. Don't worry about it. Uh, they just kept on, different people kept on coming in and feeling my balls, you know? And then I was just, I tried to communicate to everybody. Like, I'm literally, I'm just here for an ultrasound, man. Can you just give me my fucking ultrasound? But they just kept on coming in and feeling my balls. My friend made a joke about it. He was like, <laughs> I wonder if that emergency room. He's like, hey, there's a kid in room 506. We'll let you feel his balls if you just, if you just put on a doctor's uniform or something. So then eventually get my ultrasound. There was this fucking old woman. She looked like a thousand years old and she was on my floor. I was, we're waiting to get out of there. And she's like, moaning in pain and it's like i think they forgot about me oh oh and i felt so bad finally get my ultrasound they're like yeah you know you got some ambiguous fluid in there it's probably the cause of the uh, discomfort so i was like yeah sure and you know that was basically it and i left there i think i'd been in the emergency room for like four hours waiting to get this fucking ultrasound it was such an unbelievable pain in the fucking ass and if i could go back i would tell myself not to do it of course uh, but I just wa left there so happy that I wasn't in the emergency room anymore. So happy that I didn't have a fucking IV, uh, in my arm. That I, was, I started laughing. I was like, that was the worst day I've ever had in my entire life. Now the ball pain has been, it's, it's come back occasionally. I learned from a different urologist that that is something that happens if you drink a lot. Sometimes your, uh, prostate can become inflamed because of alcohol abuse, and, you know, I was a bit of a drinker back in the day, and so every once in a while the thing would flare up. I went to go see a second urologist who gave me a cystoscopy where they put a camera in your pee-pee hole. And uh, they did not knock me out for that, which was a real shock. And uh, he basically said the same thing, like, yeah, you know, nothing to worry about. Just, uh, you know, keep an eye on it and whatever. So, yeah, I can't believe I went through all my fucking ailments and I forgot to tell you guys about my, my ball aches. You know, but that's not what we're here to talk about today, guys. We're doing the whole big catch up. So uh, since February, I've been on tour a whole bunch. But like the big project was me and my fiance, Kirsten, were having our wedding uh, back in October of this past year. So I'm married now. But I'm talking about like you're you, you don't have an update since February. You're like, what the fuck has this guy been up to? You know, I was planning a wedding that whole time. Me and my, my my fiance were planning a wedding. And boy, oh boy, that's a fucking pain in the ass. Boy, oh boy, would I never tell anybody to fucking do that. Jesus Christ, does that fucking suck? Just like all the fucking stress. I will never use the term bridezilla or groomzilla ever fucking again. Because just the wedding industry is just designed to drive you fucking insane. 
And we went to this venue that we loved. Like, we loved the venue. It was gorgeous. But we had this woman showing us around who just had this way of delivering the material. Like, like we were trying to communicate to her, like, we're chill. Like, we just want to have a nice party with our friends. And she was showing us pictures of these, like, stunning, like, brides and grooms with, like, in, in you know, like, sun rays drenching their delicately adorned faces and... You know, just like every mo, every picture she's showing us, she's like, she's like ex- inspecting our faces for awe and reverence, and I got so annoyed at this. I just, I, I kind of like turned into the stereotypical guy who's like, I don't even want to fucking get married. Just this fucking bitch is forcing me to do this because she wants a fucking commitment. I want to keep on hitting my slam pieces, you know. And so, but that's not the kind of guy that I am normally. And I told Kirsten when we started playing this thing, I was like, I will be a, you know, a willing participant. I'm excited about getting married. I want to have a say in, in, you know, what we do and where we go and who we invite and stuff like that. So as we left there, I was like, I know I look like a dick in there, but I just fucking hated that woman so much. And so, you know, the wedding planning was happening and we're both like kind of, slow rolling it because it's a giant pain in the ass and we don't want to do this and we both have other priorities going on like we don't want to fucking plan a wedding like that's not what we're doing and we also don't want to spend money on a wedding planner you know we want to have a chill time we want to have a nice big fun party uh but the wedding industry put pits this idea in your head that it has to be perfect that it has to be amazing that it has to be you have to look like models and Everything has to be just so, and you're going to be looking back on this every day of your lives and thinking, oh my God, oh, it was so beautiful, it was so perfect, and don't you want to do everything to make your special day so perfect and special? And it's just like, it wears you down, man. And so we had a very chill wedding, but even our chill wedding was like too much, man. It was too much stress, too much fucking shit. Now, that being said, so we we get around, I don't know, like two or three months before the wedding, and we kind of like go into lockdown where we're like, all right, every, we have to put everything on the back burner, you know? I'm not going on tour anymore. I'm not doing live shows anymore because if I get fucking COVID or some shit before my wedding that we spent all this fucking money on and stressed out so much about, I am going to fucking lose my mind. So I we're like sequestering in our homes, and we're only doing the absolute bare minimum of what we need to do, and we are, you know... Every day, like, all right, what do we have to do for the wedding? What do we have to do for the wedding? You know, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, like, she's having nervous breakdowns. I'm having nervous breakdowns. I, I had weirdly, like, uh, stress about how I looked. Like, I really weirdly kind of devolved into I don't like the way that I look when I'm wearing clothes, like, fancy clothes and stuff. And I tried on, like, my old suit, which is what I was going to wear to the wedding ceremony. And then I was going to put on, like, a new fancy suit for uh, the reception. And I was just like, I look so dumb. Like, I look dumb in everything. And then I got this, like, fancy suit that all my friends said looked really cool. But I was just like, I look so dumb. I look so stupid in this fucking thing. Now, that being said, of all the stress and all the money and all the fucking nervous breakdowns and all the energy and time wasted on this fucking thing, I had a fucking blast. I had the most fun (laughs) at my wedding. It was so much fucking fun. It was great. Man, it was just like bouncing around the room saying hi to all my fucking favorite people. And every time I show up somewhere, everyone's like, oh, my God, that's Jared. Hey, yeah. And, you know, I don't drink anymore, 
but I was indulging a little bit at the wedding and just, you know, having a little Prosecco here, a little wine there. And it was just like that perfect level of like endorphins from running around and a little bit of alcohol. So you're just a little bit loose and a little, a little confident, you know. And uh, yeah, everybody in that room was just talking about how much they love me, you know. And all these speeches are about how great me and Kirsten are and... They're very touching, and, you know, my mom is there, my sister's there, and all my best friends are there, and it's just like, I love that Kirsten's family and all of her friends, they get to hear these speeches about how great of a guy I am and how great we are together and stuff like that. Now, was it worth it? I don't know. I think the money was worth it, and I think that maybe going, if we could go back in time, maybe we should have got a wedding planner to fucking deal with all that shit. But still, there's like a lot of things you can't off offload to a wedding planner. Like the DJ was like, all right, we need like 30 songs for here and 80 songs for here or whatever. And like you can't just do that. You can't tell a wedding planner to do that. You have to, you know, go through your fucking Spotify and see what songs you want to find on the fucking thing, you know. But I had an awesome time. I had an amazing time. And I felt really nice the next day also. Like I had a little bit of a hangover and we woke up in this really nice hotel that Kirsten and I had rented for the night. And it was absolutely gorgeous out the day after. And so I was walking around, you know, I had to pick up a bunch of things from the venue and I was outside in my pajamas still just like feeling a little hungover, still feeling like kind of nice from having such a nice time the day before. Um, so yeah, you know, it was a massive pain in the ass it was a massive expense of time, energy, and money, and we both shed a lot of tears in the lead-up, but goddamn, did I have a really fucking nice time, and I'm glad that my mom had a nice time, and I'm glad that my sister had a nice time, and a bunch of my friends have been coming up to me afterwards and being like, being like, goddamn, that was a really fucking good wedding, so I'm like, yeah, man, sweet, and now it's over. Now we are back in, just kind of like getting back into regular life stuff, and, uh, you know, around the time of the wedding is when uh, my other podcast, Is This Anything, my much more serious podcast, I would say, the one that I was contributing to weekly as opposed to whenever the fuck I feel like it. Uh, it kind of exploded because of a uh, some, some bad feelings between a few of the members of the show. You know, I don't really want to go into details they are any dirty laundry or anything but uh, suffice to say it's a fucking massive bummer um and there's weirdness now in those friendships but uh you know what the fuck are you gonna do uh so yeah so now i've got a little bit more time because i don't have a fucking wedding to worry about i don't have uh you know is this anything going on anymore i miss having a way to work on jokes every week but i'm you know i'm working on putting that back together you know like it's this weird kind of like rolling landing that we've done since the wedding where it's like I just want to get back to regular life but regular life's a little different now and I also went on a tour recently and so I'm recovering from the tour and from the wedding and just I don't know trying to trying to get my bearings a little bit um but I will say this uh you know let's talk a little bit about politics you know because Leading up to the midterms, I was very busy getting out the vote. I was doing a lot of lives on my TikTok. I have like a pretty significant TikTok following, got like 140,000 followers. And so in lieu of just making videos where I talk about politics, I was also doing lives. I was just like, hey, I want to talk to you about voting. I want to talk to you about why you should vote for Democrats. I want to talk to you about the threat of the Republican Party. And it felt 
good to be doing that. It felt like I was do like I was actually having good conversations with people. It felt like I was actually making a difference, even if it was a small difference. And, you know, the midterms went great, obviously. You know, they could have been better. We're still waiting for some of the results. But I'm really excited that we could potentially gain a seat in the Senate. And there's still a chance that we control the House, which is fucking incredible. Um, I personally don't know if I see Trump surviving this. You know, I think he's got, I think he's netted too many losses. I think he still has a stranglehold on the Republican Party. But I think that his power has been diminished to the point where I think he's finally going to start seeing start seeing consequences for some of his legal issues, for some of the things that he's done, you know, for some of the crimes, for some of the many, 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 many crimes that he's committed. And the one thing where I'm like, all right, well, maybe he continues with the Republican Party is maybe they they say like, hey, we will help you get out of your legal turmoil if you dip out and endorse Ron DeSantis or some shit like that. But I don't know. I don't know. I'm... uh. I don't know. I, I see there is some change happening, like younger, more progressive, more active, uh, more diverse uh, electorate is going forward. And I see, I don't know, I'm hoping that this this groundswell continues, you know, like we got to get these voter participation numbers up because it's fucking pathetic. Twenty five percent, thirty five percent, fifty percent even, you know, for presidential elections is it's pathetic. It's absolutely pathetic, and we need to do better. And I think that I sincerely believe if we get these voter participation numbers up, we get better politicians, we get better engagement in politics, we get a better country. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited about that. Oh, I was thinking about this also, too, because uh, I saw this supercut of Fox News people being, like, really diminishing and insulting to to what they considered to be like the classic liberal voter. They were like these sad, fat lesbians with their cats and these blue-haired, 20,000-piercing women who are bisexual and these trans men, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, and it got me thinking about the culture war because I feel like liberals often get accused of only caring about culture war issues and being culture warriors and things like that. But this, that's culture war right there is like, is, you know, you have your, your main political mouthpieces and also your elected Republicans going out there and being like, liberals look like this. They sound like this. They are annoying. They're feminists, which is man-hating, you know, cucks, soy boys, you know, blah, blah, blah. That's the culture war. That's the culture war. I don't see Rachel Maddow doing that. I don't see Anderson Cooper and Chris Hayes doing that. And if they do, it's not to that level. They're not saying, oh, Republicans are dumb, beer-guzzling, truck drivers who fuck their sisters, you know, blah, blah, blah. Are there liberals that do that? Are there people on the left who do that on social media? Yeah, of course, obviously. But I often find this where, like, the worst people on the left get put in the same category as the thought leaders and politicians on the right. And I don't think that's fair. It's like the people on the right are, you know, saying, hey, my supporters who, saying, who are saying Jews will not replace us and fucking hitting protesters with their cars, those guys are great. And the liberal politicians are being like, hey, the people that are calling you dumb for being Republican, they're not, don't listen to them. That's not how we feel, you know? But they, but then, you know, the mass media and everybody, they kind of equate those two things together. Like, you know, oh, both sides because, you know, the worst liberals and the most powerful Republicans are both doing like similar sins. And I just don't think that that's 
you know, uh, equitable. I think that's a false equivalency. It almost feels like, yes, there is a culture war going on. There are people on the left who are trying to push the culture forward in terms of diversity and in terms of inclusion and equality and things like that. So if this war is anything, it's like, I don't know, people with no power trying to, you know, make their voices heard, like using their freedom of speech, and people with a lot of power using, like, fucking chemical weapons and biological weapons on everybody. That's how I feel about these, like, massive mouthpieces like Fox News and OAN going so hard on the culture war, which is literally just a bunch of people. It's just citizens making their voices heard, making their opinions heard. There's no, like, legislation on the left, you know, like, mitigating the culture war or anything. It's all just people. People versus the politicians on the right and the sort of, like, and the, the, the mass media on the right. And that's, I think that's bullshit, you know? And I, I want more people to be calling that out. All right. And you know what? I think we're just about caught up on everything that I wanted to talk to you guys about today. Last thing is, like, you know, I was having these really great conversations with people when I was doing my TikTok lives about politics and everything. Um, and it made me realize that you need to step away from arguing. You know, I was engaging in conversations where if, you know, both of us are speaking from a place of good faith and we're like, all right, this is how I feel. What do you think about this? Okay, that's a good point, you know, blah, blah, blah. But if it's like a debate or like both sides are just like trying to win and trying to own each other, like there's no value there, you know, like there's nothing good there. Additionally, it doesn't matter how many times you make an argument to somebody on the right because they just pretend like that argument doesn't exist, that it doesn't happen, you know, like we can yell our heads off about the reasons why abortion should be legal and safe and uh, available, widely available, easily available here in America, but then the right will just go back to being like, well, it's a human life, and, uh, you know, you ignore your points just for their points, you know? So just don't argue. Don't argue with them. It's complete nonsense. It's good faith, individual conversations with people who don't have a dog in the fight, who aren't trying to own you, you know? And there were a couple people that I had to be like, I'm dipping out of this conversation because you're clearly just a troll who is trying to, like, score points by owning a lib on TikTok, you know? So I highly encourage you guys to, uh, you know, step away from that nonsense. All right, going forward, um, I've got a couple of dates coming up that I'm excited about. Um, I have not booked a ton going forward, but I'm performing a little bit more in New York. I'm gonna have that stuff up on my website and I got a couple of dates in Florida in January that I'm really excited about. And then, yeah, we'll just like go. I don't know what my tour schedule is going to look like in 2023, but I'm excited to uh, to see me and the wife might be moving to Los Angeles for her job, which I'm excited about. I grew up in L.A. I got a lot of friends out there and I like New York. I've been here since, you know, 2001. I'm a fucking New Yorker, you know, I've been here forever, but I'm excited about a change, you know, I'm excited about a different pace, a different location, I don't know, I just want to try something that's a little bit gentler than this fucking, the chaos, and the constant fucking battle that is, you know, like daily life here in New York, it's just exhausting, I'm tired of going out just to run an errand and coming back and feeling like I ran a marathon, you know, um, so yeah, but that's not, you know, in the books yet, that's not 100%, uh, that's just something that I'm looking forward to being a potential thing that happens in like April of, uh, 2023. Now I do want to end this by going over some recommendations. All right. Because since the last episode of February, like I've 
enjoyed a lot of stuff and I want to talk to you guys about it. Like Andor, for example. Andor is an incredible Star Wars television show that not enough people are watching. So fucking check out Andor. Me and my wife just saw Triangle of Sadness, uh, which was fucking hilarious and awesome. A little too long, but fucking great. Uh, we also got high and saw Black Adam, which was super fun. Like, I don't know why people were, you know, trashing Black Adam, but I had a fucking great time. <laughs> um, there's also like a couple of things that I want confirmation. I think these are great, but none of people have watched them. and None of people have talked to me about them. So there's a movie with Natalie Portman that came out a while ago called Vox Machina. No, sorry, different, different thing. Um, uh, uh, Vox Lux. Vox Lux is the Natalie Portman uh, movie. Vox Lux and Deepwater are two movies that I think might be great, but I don't have enough people telling me, I don't have enough people who've watched them who can confirm or deny whether or not those movies are great. So check those out. Let me know. Amazon series Vox Machida is like a D&D podcast that they turn into an animated show. That's fucking great. I love it. Um, season one of Killing Eve is great. Mr. Inbetween I'm watching is great so far. The three body problem trilogy of books is fucking great. Um... Let's see here. White Lotus is incredible. And also, okay, so now now we're going to move on to... So yeah, go check out that shit. That's fucking great. Um, also want to encourage you, if you have cable, if you're thinking about getting cable, to call up your cable company and see if they have a package available that excludes right-wing propaganda. Because I think that if enough people ask for it, then they'll start to offer that. A lot of uh, this, a lot of the money that goes into these right-wing streaming services and right-wing networks is from cable companies because they sell packages to people and a portion of your money that goes to that cable company goes to Fox News. And I don't want my money going into Tucker Carlson's pocket because the dude's a fucking psychopath, white supremacist who's trying to fucking hurt and kill people, you know? So try to do that. Try to get a bunch of people on board with that. See how that feels. You know, check out my Patreon. Uh, I don't think I have any Patreon subscribers, but I have cool things on there. Like, I will send you high thoughts, which I have great high thoughts, you know, and you could be enjoying my high thoughts. Also, I am working on um, having a store, a t-shirt store on Teespring where I sell progressive t-shirts. Like, I have one that says capitalism is a nightmare. I have another one that says I exercise to outlive Mitch McConnell. I got another one. I have like a pretty vote one. It's still being made. It's still in the process, but uh, check out my website. There should be a link to it there coming soon. So yeah, that stuff is cool. New project coming out soon, making new videos, doing new things. Uh, yeah, I'm going to definitely do another episode of this soon because I, I gotta I gotta re-earn that title of sporadic. You know, it's not going to be an annual podcast. This is not an annual podcast, guys. Um, but yeah, thanks so much for listening. JarrettBerenstein.com. Go to my Patreon. Go to my website. Support. Thank you for listening. I'm excited that you're listening. I'm excited that you're still subscribed and checking the shit out. Um, and yeah, there'll be more. I promise there'll be more. Be good to yourself. Take care. Goodbye.